guys. It's a very special day. It's random deep dive day. And I'm not just doing this because I'm not ready <laughs> to officially start my queen deep dives for News of the World. Of course, I kicked off the album on my last episode. But uh, yeah, I have to do this right now. I have to do it now because what I'm going to talk about today is on my brain all the time. I'm obsessed with it. It's only been a few days and I've listened to it countless times. I love this thing and I'm going to gush all over it and I'll go into great, way too much detail <laughs> as I do that. But I'm doing a whole random deep dive about an album today. Of course, I've done a few of these for songs I really love. You guys know I've done it for Bex Loser. I talked about Bjork and Big Time Sensuality. I touched on the Spice Girls wannabe when the anniversary of the track came out. But today, I want to do this about an album. I've written about albums before. Coldplay's Rush of Blood to the Head, Bjork, again, Homogenic, Madonna, Ray of Light, basically anything that gets a perfect 10 from me. It's a contender. When I used to write more often, I would pick albums, songs that I loved, and I would write about them, how much I loved them, the influence, etc. But today, I'm so excited. It's all Roger Taylor's finest, his latest, definitely his greatest, his new album, Outsider. I'm not going to hold back my enthusiasm, my love, my fangirling for this. He's my favorite queen. I love his honesty in his writing. He doesn't sugarcoat. He doesn't dance around anything. He puts it out there, which I appreciate. He is a straight shooter. I love that about him. Now, as a member of Queen, he was always the one that put tons of rock and roll grit, some swing and honesty, and yes, oftentimes nostalgia into his numbers. His song structure was usually more conventional. And it still is, but something about it makes the songs extremely accessible, comforting, singable, absolutely singable. And he has a great sense of melody. He always has had that. He brings a lot of emotion into the arrangements, the way the chords move. I've talked about this in my episodes in which I went into what makes music great. There's a science behind it. Chord progressions. When you change a scale, when you sharp or flat a note, it changes the way we feel. And I think Rogers always had this really wonderful, innate ability of doing that in a song. Even when you think back to his earlier work, there are elements of that in there. He was also the Queen member who, by Brian's own admission, paid attention to the evolution of music more than the others. I found this great interview that Brian and Freddie did together, and I think it was with Circus Magazine, maybe? It was from 1978, I think. It was after News of the World came out. And they were talking about not just themselves and each other, but John and Roger. And Brian said that Roger was the one who paid attention to the trends. That the other three, and especially John and himself, I think, were very much in their own world within the band, very focused on the band. But Roger was always 
you know, what's going on out there? We need to get out there and see this. We need to experience this. So I think he's always paid attention to those things. And even if he wasn't fond of those things, like maybe his position on punk shifted as the years went by, he always took those into account and considered them. So when I found out about his album, Outsider, which I think was in June, I was ecstatic. I was elated. So excited. I I don't even know how many years it's been since he did a solo album, but I was all over it. Couldn't wait to have it. Pre-ordered it. (laughs) And then just, you know, the waiting game begins, which I love. Anticipation is great. And time when you're busy or stuff is happening has a way of going by super fast. So I was anticipating getting this thing And I didn't want to listen to the songs until I had the disc myself. I've got this thing about that. You know, I want to get it. I want to have it in my hands. I want to have the lyric booklet with me. I want to be able to experience the whole thing. So even though the album came out, I didn't have my shipment yet. I had to sit there and wait. And everybody was talking about it. All of these music publications were talking about it. This is Roger's best stuff. I was watching interviews where he talked about it. I was hearing snippets of songs. I'm like, I don't know if I want to listen to this yet. And I didn't. I just waited as patiently as I could. And then I got it. Now, I've known a few of the tracks for a while. I did look at the track list. Journey's End, of course, came out in, I think maybe it was 2017. I previously said 2016, so maybe I was wrong about that. But Journey's End, which is one of my favorites from him. Isolation, which he released, of course, as a number that was reflecting on what we were all going through last year. Gangsters are running this world. I'd heard that as well. But my goodness, what this album has in all its tracks. So yeah, I get this thing. I finally get it just like two days ago and I dive into it and I listen to it over and over again. And some of the tracks, of course, I have to repeat them before I go to the next one. The stuff that's here, it's honesty. Again, we've got that honesty. It's realistic. It's wisdom, reflection, loads of nostalgia. He acknowledges where he's been, and the craziness of it all. And he shares his perception of the bigger picture outside our everyday lives. There's a heap of realism and facing that realism, but there's also still hope. He literally says that in the opening song, Tides. I love that. The amount of heart here as well is obvious. I think that's what makes this so good. I feel like Even if this was kind of an impulsive move to make this during lockdown, there's something here that's really tangible and real. I'm not going to say really too much. I'm sorry. I was doing that the other episode. I'm going to try really hard. Oh my gosh. Back off really. Charlie, come on. All right. (laughs) Moving on. I think one of the best things about Outsider is all All of the instruments by Roger Taylor. If you look at the notes, it says it right there. Yes, there are some guest appearances. KT Tunstall appears on We're All Just Trying to Get By, providing lovely collaborative improvised vocals in this call and response style. I've always liked the grittiness in her voice. She's got a wonderful performance style. And there's some guitarists, keyboardists, yes, Brass players add expansive sounds and color. I love hearing brass instruments on a song. I love live brass. Nothing can touch it. It's wonderful. 
the energy in live brass, especially in a live performance, is hair-raisingly awesome. It goes right through you. It's one of those frequencies, those sounds that I think for some people, it's about the guitar. Brian May probably feels that way about the guitar. I feel that way about brass. And I wish more people used it these days. A lot of people used saxophone back in the 80s and kind of the early 90s. That was the thing, Kenny G. But I would love more brass. And I'm glad that we have it here. But I've also got this thing for Roger being basically a one-man show. And he co-produced this album too. He's been doing this for a very long time. I mean, even his album, Fun in Space, his first solo album, he did a lot himself. And I, I love that. I so appreciate that when someone dives in and just says, I'm doing this. I'm doing the whole thing. It takes a lot of guts to just dive in and do it. And the best part is the creation process. That's how I feel about it anyway. And I love that that's how he tackles these things. But musically on Outsider, we're really diverse here. Bluesy stuff, all out, full on rock and roll, atmospheric ballads, pop infusion, some softer things and harder, heavier things. Roger's original influence of some of that really early rock and roll and blues is very apparent too. Some nice throwback here. Speaking of that, more kicks, anyone? That song, it starts off heavy, kind of reminds me of Tenement Funster. It's almost like a throwback to Tenement Funster. Slams into a furious classic rocker, as it should, with crescendos, intensity rising, and almost rockabilly fashion, really. Tides, and of course, Journey's End, bookend the album with heart warming, heart smiling. I've talked about that effect I feel when I love something in a song. The piano, that twinkling piano reflection. There are some incredibly bright arpeggio synths, distant swells of chords. The songs perfectly echo each other. Absolutely Anything is a beautiful ballad, an early favorite of mine. Honestly, it's sticking in my head more than anything else. I can hear those swells of his voice in my head. It's, it's beautiful. It's such a great piece of work. I have to turn it up. I was listening to it in the car and I just, I have to blast it. I love that kind of melody arrangement. I, I was talking about that. That's what I meant is that there's this evocative thing going on in the melodies here. The clapping song which is a nursery rhyme-influenced song, originally from 1965, is already many a fan's favorite. And it, it's perfectly percussion-heavy, very catchy. And the title track, the movement in it. Again, that emotion, the melody. I get goosebumps. It's so good. Just evocative. His melodies are just that emotional and interesting. For some reason, even though, again, a more square song structure, but I love it some surprising progressions, unexpected twists. They really do pull on your heartstrings. There's something here. It's almost magical. There's something here. It's probably due to the sentiment that backs this album with such a weight. This man has been making and performing music for pretty much his entire life. He had a crazy go of it with one of the biggest bands in the world. He's aware that he's closer to the end than the beginning. So much reflection, intensity, these confessions, and again, that honesty. And somehow, 
some of his earliest Queen songs, you know, I mentioned Tenement Funster, but especially Drowse, it's almost like they could have been on Outsider. They're not so far removed or young compared to his latest. Is that an old soul quality? He talked about this album being more mature and wistful. And I was like, oh, you know, I read that before I had it. And I thought, this is good. I'm going to love this. And I do. But I'm thinking back to, again, those other songs, thinking there's something that is incredibly mature about those, even though they might be celebratory of the rock and roll lifestyle. There's something about them. I, I don't hear Roger Taylor, drummer of Queen, here. I just hear Roger. This album feels like a gift. It's his best solo album by far. I love Fun in Space, actually. And it shocked me how much I liked it. it it's his first solo debut. I, I actually like it more as a collective piece than some of his other later solo work. But this is a whole other level of artistry. Outsider is above and beyond. Even the artwork, the concept, which was by him, and the final cover created by his daughter, Tiger Lily. By the way, I think his original concept art might be in the booklet itself. I'm pretty sure that's what that is. I think it shares with us a man who's on the edge of the end, perhaps himself feeling outside of it all, and going into whatever lies ahead with this peace and warm contentment. That color, pink, soothing, relaxed pink. There's a whole psychology behind colors and the color wheel, right? Salmon pink. I think that's the best way to describe it. And it's contrasted with this very deep ocean-like teal taken from the artwork on the back, which was created by Mervyn Peak. I hope it's not Peaky. I'm sorry, Mervyn Peak. It's a great contrast, actually, because you wouldn't necessarily pair these together, but I think these colors together collectively kind of tell this story of this warmth. There's almost a, a natural nature nod throughout the album here. There's a few tracks, like we're all just trying to get by. You know, he sings about the creatures and animals. It's not just the people, it's everything. It's all of us just doing what we can to get by. So there's a little bit of a nod here and a tie-in to this kind of natural ocean thing and the world. And then we have that warmth of that pink with this contentment and this peace. Maybe I'm reading too much into this, but that's that's what I'm getting from this. And I have to assume that, that Roger knew how important this was. His affinity for the entire album package, it's great. His interview with its ultimate classic rock. I mentioned that interview the other day and I couldn't remember what it was. It was with ultimate classic rock. It was about a half hour. And he talked about this album, but he talked about his love for the album experience and how he used to enjoy, you know, getting vinyl and looking at the pictures and, and taking everything in and reading things and how digital... It basically destroyed that experience because people start buying individual tracks. People start streaming. There's no, there's no journey through an album anymore. It, it, the track list doesn't matter. Suddenly, it's completely irrelevant. But with the revival of vinyl, and maybe because we were all tucked away last year for so long... I think there's a bigger appreciation for things like this again, where we, we dive into this stuff and we take absolutely every bit of it in because it means that much more. 
it becomes a little bit more sentimental. It becomes a little bit more meaningful because we're, again, we had all that time to just be in isolation, just like Roger's song on here, Isolation. We were experiencing life differently and maybe we started to appreciate things more. I've mentioned several times the footage of Queen when they were in Japan in 1975. I think the last few episodes I've brought that up several times. I love those early success moments of the boys. Just how young and gracious and enthusiastic they were. Ecstatic boys just having the time of their lives. Totally appreciative of the attention they were getting and teasing each other both on and off camera. Yeah, I was thinking about this more, how demeanors change as we get older. And you see this with the guys. There's a more poised attitude, a little bit more reserved attitude when they're interviewing or speaking with press, especially as the years go on. And I think part of that is just getting older. There's something about it that we suddenly feel like maybe we can't react as enthusiastically anymore. Or, or we can't be childlike anymore, which I think is sad because I'm all about having an enthusiasm that cannot be contained. I have friends like that too, who are so, so dramatic in the absolute best way that I never want that to change. I don't want them to become diminished by a horrible experience or suddenly feeling like they cannot be this expressive, their expressive selves. So... Yeah, I, I just, I've been thinking about how the guys were at that time. And then Roger specifically, how he pops out from behind Freddie when they're, when Freddie's trying to talk. And then in front of John, I think it was, with this goofiest look on his face and just the youthfulness there. I think about that moment and where Roger is now and then everything in between, knowing that he knows this could be one of his last albums or his last tour for a work of his own. I hate saying stuff like that, but he said it himself. You know, he's not afraid to acknowledge that he's getting towards the end more than the beginning. And after all of the stuff that's happened, it makes this album, I think, that much more special. He's said it already that there's a sense of mortality in this album and other people have acknowledged that as well. I love that he's not afraid of that. And maybe I shouldn't be afraid of that. I'll, I'll tell you guys a thing about me. I'm not really afraid of death, but I'm afraid of dying because I don't know how it's going to happen. It's the unknown. But maybe I should take some of this, obviously this, this piece with that, that is totally littered throughout this album and walk away with a brighter thought about how that's going to come to pass because it will, right? It, it, in, it inevitably will. So Roger tackled most of this album during lockdown, but it's funny that now that we have it to listen to, it's so warm somehow. It's comforting, fun, familiar, all of that. In one article, Roger commented that he hoped the album imparts a little joy. Well, congrats, Raj, because you did it. This will stick with me for a while. I think this is going to be one of, my, one of my favorite album purchases this year, easily. And I think I'm going to be coming back to this as a whole for a long time. I'm not going to just be going, oh, I want this track today. I think this is going to be an album that I like to experience from start to finish. I'm still all about the album journey. 
I don't know, maybe as I think about this whole thing more, yeah, I'm getting super like romantic about all this because I, I love this so much. I'm, I'm in the thick of it right now. Maybe it's the fact that he wrote this during lockdown or at least most of it during lockdown. Maybe it's my love for Roger as part of Queen and his own artistry and his character. Maybe it's the fact that this album was made with real instruments and musicians. Maybe it's that throwback feel. Maybe it's knowing Raj did, in his own words, I think it was 96% of this album all by himself. But I feel so much substance here. It's a breath of fresh air. Roger closes out the title track with the melodic and encouraging lyrics, maybe this time you win. Raj, this time you win. I don't care how corny that is. This album has already received a ton of praise, many calling it his best. I have no doubt it will continue to be loved even more and hopefully recognized and called out at award ceremonies and publications and more. This is such a wonderful piece. I love it. I'm in love with it. Roger, this is great. I am ecstatic about it. And it's like this gift. Again, it's like this gift that we have to get this. Maybe it is a lot of nostalgia that makes it feel so good. I don't know. It, it definitely is great. But uh, there's a lot of artists like that. You know, when you get an album from them and they've been around for a very long time, they're so established, they're so well-loved, and they come out with something that's sometimes radically different than anything they've done before, but it's very poignant and reflective and it carries something extra with it that even if it's weighted, even if it's got some realistic moments of darkness that you can't avoid because you've gone through so much life. And honestly, you've gone through so much garbage in your life that you can somehow see this optimism or hear it rather in these albums and in these songs. Lots of reflection here. But that's my love for Roger Taylor's Outsider. I had to talk about it and I had to give myself more time to prepare for news of the world. But I could not go without doing this. This is like an extra special random deep dive. And I'll probably update my little imagery for my social stuff just to reflect this salmon pink, which is such a nice eye-catching. Again, it's like a breath of fresh air. Who puts pink on their cover? I love it. I absolutely dig it. Okay, guys, that is it. I am going to wind this down. Keep yourselves alive. Listen to this. Go stream it. Go buy it and stream it. Enjoy the whole journey from start to journey's end. How's that? How's that? I just thought of that. I'm so ridiculously proud of that statement right now. But Okay. I'll talk to you guys later. I'll be back again. Hopefully next time I will officially be diving into Queen's sixth. And uh, oh my gosh, guys, I'm still so stuck on a night at the opera and a day at the races that I almost said a news of the world. <laughs> news of the world. Okay, guys. Until next time. <laughs>